Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The last 12 months has changed our lives in ways which we never expected. Welcome to COVID Lives, a podcast series that looks at Irish lives during this extraordinary time in history. My name is Gavin Dowd, and I'm going to be speaking to people who have unique and meaningful stories to share about their lives throughout the pandemic. Whether it involved looking out for others, starting something new, or just finding ways to remain positive amidst the doom and gloom. In this episode, I speak to entrepreneurs John and Paul Blake. Throughout the pandemic, everyone has been going for their daily walk and their takeaway coffee, just as a way to get out of the house and to break the monotony of working from home. John and Paul wanted to capitalize on this, and instead of just fitting out a horse box, they decided they'd do something different, importing a 1965 Jeep Fleet van. Just by chance, he came across a post on Facebook of this funky little truck in Stockton in California. It was pink and it was an ex-US postal truck from the 1964. When it was shipped over from California, they retrofitted it. And it's now seen in various locations in Dublin as the Coffee Post 1965. So guys, tell me, who are you first and how did this idea come about? So we're two brothers, John and Paul. I'm John, that's Paul. (laughs) How are you? In the first lockdown, myself and Paul are um, Paul's an apprentice electrician, and I'm in project management. We were both laid off due to the construction being shut down. Paul came up with a hairbrained idea. He wanted to start a cleaning company, uh, COVID sanitization. The whole thing at the time was COVID and all this bacteria washing your hands. So I got the the brainwave of, well, how about a COVID sanitization thing? So I was bouncing ideas off John there, and he was like, mm, he has a lot of connections in certain areas. He was asking around, so we kind of decided it wouldn't be the best thing. And then he came back to me with the idea of the coffee truck. Yeah, we went to look at, uh, originally we were looking at buying an ex-English military truck. Due to the licensing, you needed a C-class license. I don't drive and Paul hasn't got a C-class license. And I think the get one was €3,000. So we just said we'd skip that idea. So and then you pre- don't want to be driving around with something with a Union Jack on it. Probably not, no. <laughs> this, this city anyway. So the truck you eventually settled on is a very cute, dinky 1965 Jeep Fleet van. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's a mad old story. A friend of ours, um, Paul Raymond, who we taught, we, we, I'd, I'd confided a lot in uh, anything to do with cars or vehicles. He's, he's into classic cars. He's collected cars through the years. So when I went to him about the English truck, he was like, oh, that's amazing. But obviously the licensing, licensing issue didn't work out for us. But... Just by chance, he came across a post on Facebook, of all places, Facebook ads, of this funky little truck 
in Stockton in California. And it, when I first saw it, I don't like if you have pictures there of it, it's, it was pink and it was an ex-US postal truck from the 19, 1965. So now I messaged the guy that owned it. He so happened to be, if you ever watch Discovery Channel, like an American picker. And it was it was crazy because he was he was very trustworthy. But we took a huge gamble. We'd, we'd, we'd never obviously physically seen the van because we're in the midst of a pandemic. It's not like you can go over and get it and see it and drive it. So we had to trust this complete stranger that he was doing the right thing and he was who he said he was. Now, to be fair to him, he had a couple of English uh, customers that I could confide in and gave him good references. But all these videos and photos and everything he said about the van was 100, 100% correct. So I think within three hours of contacting him, we bought the van, transferred the money. <laughs> wow. So it was wow. you, you took a big gamble and big like gamble. you didn't even know this thing was roadworthy. No, he said there's a video of the engine running, but sure, you know, it's a different story when it comes over. Is it actually running? You know, does it run right? Does it drive? Does the gearbox work? Does the clutch work? There was so many variables when the when the van landed, you know. So, John, what was the truck used for? And why did this guy still have us? It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was bought into the U.S. Postal Service in 1964 and registered in January 1965. On the 5th of January 1965 was his first registration date. And then it, it worked in the U.S. Postal Service up till 1995, okay. and it was sold to UCLA, which is U.S. like is the, the Los Angeles uh, College campus. So it was used as a campus um, postal vehicle, just in the campus doing its rounds, you know. So it was never it was never like basically rallied around or anything. But then UCLA sold it to an old guy um, in two thousand and five, and this old guy happened to be Mike's father-in-law. So um, the, I think the other guy's name, the, the original owner of the van that. Would have been, I think it's Peter something, you know, he's from he's from Stockton, California. Anyway, it's Mike's father-in-law. He he basically did. He started the restoration work, rebuilt the engine, and um, redid the braking system. Did did a lot, a lot, a lot of work to it. But unfortunately, in his elder years, he developed dementia. Okay. So like, like it was unfortunate for him, but probably like for us, it was good timing for us that Mike. He had put in charge Mike of getting rid of the van basically and securing the funds. So it was just pure luck for us that it happened that way, you know. So when it arrived in Ireland, then Paul, tell me, were you involved in kitting it out? When it arrived in Ireland, I will never forget the day. So it arrived in Ireland and it got delivered to an area, an industrial unit in Ballymount. And we, me and my brother John, flew over that morning. And I remember just peeking in the gate, having a look first. And there was this like pink box down the back of back of this car park. And we walked down to me. And I, it only really hit me then because it took about eight weeks on the boat, roughly. Yeah, no, no, it was about six weeks. It's about six to eight weeks on the boat to come over. So... All in that meantime, it was we knew it was happening, but it wasn't real until we actually went and seen the van. So we went and seen the van, and then it was time to start building the team around us. So we started getting in touch with the right people to get a lot of. We had to get a lot of fabrication done. There was engine work to be done. There was metal work to be done. Then there was the fit out on the inside. So between myself and John, we were fairly hands on, back and forward where we could be. In. But by the time the van was back here, we oh, I was back in full time employment. Then were you back in work by this stage? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So it was. We had a good, strong team around us, helping us with the way build. We were back and forward when we could be, but we were both back working at the time. So, 
That's one positive. Look, you really took a step into the unknown and I really admire that. It was very brave of you guys to, to take this business risk. But I have to ask, they say don't work with kids or animals and dare I say it, maybe family members. How did you guys get on throughout the course of the project? I'm going to go first. <laughs> well, so like to be honest day. now, I, I think we've been fine. There's been a few times behind John's back I've been this and that and saying things under my breath and all, but I am a firm believer in don't mix uh, family and blood. Like I've always, anything I've read, that's always been the thing. But in the case, I think John was good to mentor me along the way because I've had some crazy ideas going on and saying, oh, let's do this, John. He's like, well, that's not really feasible. He's a bit more experienced. He's a bit older. I'm a bit younger, so... I don't think he looks too happy with that. I'll let, I'll let him elaborate on the rest. <laughs> no, no, look, uh, yeah, we, look, we get on fine, you know. It's it, it's definitely a case of the older brother and the younger brother, and mm. I think I should have the final say. Um, and, it, and it's a sibling thing, really, you know, but when it comes to, I suppose, business and, and like, the, the plan is for Paul to finish his apprenticeship and then step into the coffee post full-time. Mm. Like, we have big plans for the future, you know, but... Um, I suppose him gaining the experience on a business level and on the corporate side of the on the of the business where I'd have already had that experience through my own jobs, you know, it's majorly important that he understands rules, regulations, cash flow. I don't think he has a problem with cash flow because <laughs> he never forgets if he lends you money. <laughs> cash is king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cash is king. Yeah, cash is but king. there's a lot of there's a loads of sides loads of sides to the business that. Like he, he's he's very very sharp in some areas, very creative in some some areas, but would love to shoot from the hip if you let him. <laughs> so so if we did that, we'd have no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, know? you've you've got each other. I'm sure you're both watching over each other in different ways. This has been such such a success over such a short period of time. Is there a, a second van on the way, or are you just going to keep <laughs> on going to new new areas? <laughs> We've been in touch with Mike, we can say for now. Yeah, we're, we're in contact with Mike in Stockton, California, as we speak. Um, okay. And it's a case of watch Instagram. Okay. There is, there is something very big coming between Instagram and TV. Interesting. Interesting. Are there many come... of these vans out there still? Not in Ireland. There's the, none in Ireland. The, one, the van we have, the Jeep Free van we have, there's less than 2,000 in existence and even less that drive and in the state that ours are in. I'd say it's in the hundreds. That's that like when I mean in existence, I mean in a field rusted to bits. There's less than 2,000 of them in, in existence. There's none in Ireland, none in England. You'd be hard pushed to find them. I've, ser I've surfed the net looking for them all over the world and there's very, very few of them left. Our, our Instagram page has even gained huge traction in America because of what we're doing and what we did with the van. We brought an old walking van back to life a piece of history one guy when i was setting it up one morning came over and said he didn't want to buy a cup, cup of coffee he just wanted to take a photo of the van and know the history of it that's the type of van it's a, it's a head turning van you know like if, we, if i'm driving behind the van and one of the lads is driving it there's people in traffic taking photos of it just a question i have having looked at pictures of the truck on instagram but unfortunately not having seen it in person just yet what height is the truck and how does your poor barista Ian manage to squeeze himself in? Because it looks quite the squeeze to me. Yeah, so the roof, the roof when we originally got the van, there was only six foot uh, head clearance in it. So I'm six foot four, and Paul is six foot three and a half. <laughs> I still win that one. So Paul is six foot three, you know. Um, so for either of us to stand in it, I got head. we basically, between myself and Paul, we 
kind of fabricate we, we come up with an idea of a fabricating a new roof we just basically said it to adriano he sketched something up the lines of the van flowed we says yeah let's get that done and left the rest to adriano to do you know mm. and lo and behold there's six foot four clearance in the back of it ian's only probably six two i'd say so he's comfortable enough it's a small little van but one like have you ever seen it in person no not yet it's a small little van, but it's it's kind of it's weird because when you're up close and you're in when you're standing inside her, it's just so much room for such a little small van. Like the extra bit of headspace done us the world of good being able to stand up in it. Yeah. And when you're inside it, we do toasties. We there's we have a fridge up here. We have um, a grinder, a burger. There's so much room in it for such a small little van. Again, that that was down to the fit out. Like now, when I say space was a commodity, there we used every centimeter we had in it. If you've never been at the van and physically stood in front of it, it's a lot bigger than it looks. The first thing people say is, I wasn't expecting it to be this big. It's, it'd be fairly imposing, yeah. So over the past year, John and Paul, both of you have restored, as you said, John, a piece of history. You've created a business, creating jobs for people. You've given great coffee to the people of Dublin and created a real spectacle for passers-by. But looking back at the past 12 or 14 months or so, what do you think are the things you'll remember the most going forward? One of the biggest things out of all this for me is definitely I got a lot of support from friends. Like the whole lockdown and the whole COVID thing, I went from, I spent an awful lot of time with my friends. I have kids and a girlfriend as well, but I'm, I'm always, I am always want to be with the lads and I always want to see my friends two or three holidays a year. That's the type of stuff I always used to do. But when lockdown hit, I went from seeing my friends once or twice a week to not seeing them for weeks at a time. So you kind of like struggling with mental health like everybody else. There was times I was thinking, I was like, oh, I'm not seeing my friends a lot anymore. What's going on here? Like, But once the coffee post was launched and seeing the support I got from friends that I probably hadn't talked to or seen as much, that was definitely something that I will hold in all this, the, the support I got from friends and family and people that I hadn't been in touch with a long time. Everybody, and it, even since the restrictions have lifted, the amount of friends that I haven't seen or spoke to in years who have popped out to the van and said hello to me, that's definitely something I'll take away from this. Yeah, I suppose with, with the van and the, and the project, it kind of brought a lot of people together. Um, like Paul says, like friends you wouldn't have seen, colleagues that you would have worked with you haven't seen in years. Um, and I think like in my own job, I'd be a mental health first aider and a mental health activist. I do a lot of work for a company or a charity called Suicide to Survive here in South Dublin. Um, so I feel the van and this is going to be part of the, the basically the business model and, and brand identity. I want the coffee post to be known for bringing people together. So okay. just Monday gone, Donnybrook Landscapes brought all their employees to the coffee van at half seven in the morning for a staff appreciation morning where staff came and got free tea and coffees, cakes, and it basically brought all the lads together in an environment where they can strike up conversations. They're not in a working environment. They're talking to friends. And I'd always say, even even like talking to your colleagues or family members or, or friends, that you, you don't know what a person's suffering from. They may come out and tell you something that you never knew. And by telling you, it's helping them. So a simple conversation could save someone's life. Like it's, it's that, like from my background in the mental health, like I do a lot of work for the, like the CIF, the Construction Industry Federation. Mm. And it's mental health is huge and rampant in the construction industry. Like it's, it's probably one of the biggest death rates at the moment with the male population, you know? So I think going forward, we definitely want the coffee post and it's an ethos that we're going to bring into it that it's to connect people and bring people together. 
Like whether you're out on a walk, you're going to walk past a coffee post, grab a coffee, have a chat with Ian, me, Paul, whoever may be walking on the day, your family member, like anything can happen over a conversation and you just don't know. Like me, Paul or Ian may never know we saved someone's life by them able to tell us something or express something or, or, or talk about something where they were struggling. And that's, that's a huge thing for me going forward with the coffee post. And on the next project as well, it's, it's something that we're going to embed. We have a huge campaign coming out soon enough. And we're working with a, a multinational on this one. It, again, is going to embed the importance of bringing people together and staying connected. That's such an important message, John. And I think the best kinds of conversations happen over cups of teas and coffee. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And if so, it would be great if you could leave us a review and subscribe. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.